No masks in Manitoba, but plenty of murders. This and more on the Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. Welcome back to another show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day as always. Quick question, are you guys walking around mask-free now that the new health orders are out and in effect for a few days now? Or are you still wearing a mask despite the new uh, mask mandate being dropped? I can tell you that I won't be walking around with a mask anymore. And um, I do really enjoy other people. Uh, I do enjoy seeing other people walking around with no mask. I think it's been long enough and... um, Yeah, it's time to uh, get back to normal. Also, for the people who are not going to be wearing a mask in general, are you going to put on a mask? Or, like, are you going to shop at a business that still requires you to wear a mask? And vice versa, for the people who are going to keep wearing a mask, are you only going to shop at businesses that do require you to still wear one? Um, I've seen uh, uh, on Twitter and I think CTV News put out an article Someone put a list together of all the businesses in and around Winnipeg that are still requiring you to wear a mask. So I could tell you personally, I'm going to do my best to shop at the places that don't require you to wear a mask. But I do accept that it is up to the business, you know, kind of like no shirt, no shoes, no service. Um, So I'm okay with a business mandating that. I just don't like the government forcing a business to mandate it. I say let the private businesses make their own decision and Manitobans will decide with their wallet and with their purchasing power and they could shop where they want to shop. I don't agree with Manitobans being forced to wear them in public places, um, something that Mayor Bowman is still forcing. Um, I think you still got to wear one to wear transit and to enter, I believe, city buildings. I'm not 100%. But either way, Manitoba, I do want to hear from you guys. Let me know in the comments below if you guys are going mask-free or if you're still going to wear them. All right, Manitoba. COVID, COVID, COVID. That is all you would read about in the news last week in Manitoba. And uh, like ever since the mask mandate has been lifted. Headline after headline and article after article. That's all the mainstream media would put out. And everything is negative. Nothing about us getting our rights and freedoms back. Nothing about businesses being able to get, uh, you know, get back on track and get back to normal business. And how this will positively affect Manitobans' mental health. Nothing on how our health care system is not being overwhelmed anymore. Which is a good thing. You know, so now Manitobans can start to deal with the thousands of surgeries that are backlogged due to C-19. The only articles they would put out is all fear. At every step of the way of our reopening plan, the media immediately pushes back and demands that we stay shut down. Like from the questions that they ask at the news conferences to the articles that they write, it's always to scare Manitobans. They will touch briefly on how it's affecting Manitobans' health or how it's affecting small businesses in Manitobans, they'll write a small article and then they'll go back to pumping out article after article on how Manitoba should either continue the lockdown 
or have harsher lockdowns. And remember, this is coming from people who haven't been financially affected at all. And now, Manit- now that Manitoba kids are going back to school and they released uh, the, the, the plan for, for school in Manitoba, kids are going back in person with uh, mask-free, no mask mandate. The media is working extra hard to scare Manitobans. Here are some of the headlines from last week. Since the new health orders came out and we dropped the mask mandate, and um, since the province of Manitoba released uh, the back-to-school plan. All right. Here are some of the articles. Businesses, epidemiologists express concerns over Manitoba lifting mask mandate. Next. Lifting mask mandate in Manitoba doesn't make any sense, doctor says. Next. Puts everybody at risk. Winnipeg doctor speaks out on the dangers of lifting mask mandate. Next. Parents of unvaccinated students nervous about the removal of mask mandate in Manitoba schools. Next. Will Manitobans need a mask while grocery shopping? Next. Manitoba government roundly criticized for ditching mask mandate for new school year. Next. Dancing around Delta. Manitobans' decision to go maskless. Doctors once again irate as Manitoba eliminates low-impact means of mitigating COVID-19 fourth wave. Next. Winnipeg are skeptical, skeptical about lifting indoor mask mandate as fourth wave looms. Next. A recipe for disaster. Group protests Manitoba's decision to remove the mask mandate. Next, it's a mistake. AMC Grand Chief expresses concerns over reopening plan. Fourth wave. Next, epidemiologist. Too soon to let up mask mandate in new COVID-19 public health orders. Next, concerns over mask mandate lifted in Manitoba. So these are the articles that have been just, like I said, been pumping out nonstop from our mainstream media. Meanwhile, why aren't we talking about how we have a huge crime problem in Manitoba? Like, we just last week had Winnipeg's 26th murder, and that's just in Winnipeg alone. You know, more shootings, more stabbings, and no outrage, from the mainstream media at least. We seem to, had, we seem to not care about crime here in Manitoba. Even when Pallister was caught, Hiring a private investigator to find out information on Manitoba's NDP leader, Wab Canoe, and his alleged covering up of his past criminal activity, the media only reported on how outrageous it was that Pallister would hire a PI and how Pallister was overstepping his authority in what they called digging up dirt on his political opposition. But nothing was mentioned on the actual alleged crimes that Wab Canoe possibly committed. Not one question or article or nothing. They felt no journalistic duty to find out if there was any past criminal activity committed by one of our elected officials. But because Pallister is enemy number one to the media, I guess, they're just going to give Wab Canoe a pass and not do any actual journalism, which is funny because then it forces people like Pallister to do it for them. And you know what I mean? And we all know what happened when Pallister... Pallister spoke out against the people committing vandalism. 
you know, back uh, in early July. Instead of condemning the criminals that were committing crimes, they, the media just attacked Pallister for what he said, for his words. And what's worse is they actually took what he said out of context in order to attack him. So, but, but again, nothing was like really said about the actual individuals who were committing crimes. It's so clear in Manitoba and in Canada as a whole that we have such a biased media. And, you know, that's why social media and alternative media is so important. Because our mainstream media, they've lost the plot. But what we, you know, like, what we should be outrageous about are the murders that are happening in, in, in Winnipeg and in Manitoba. But, uh, you know, like, and in a complete shock to every Winnipegger, like every Winnipegger that isn't running for an elected position, Time Magazine rated Winnipeg as one of the greatest places to live on Earth in 2021, which is fucking hilarious because we all know that is far from true. Like, we all know the truth. But, of course, you know, people like the Premier and Mayor Bowman jump on board. Like, I don't know who they're trying to fool, but this is what really goes on in Winnipeg. This is from the Winnipeg Police Services. July 31st, media release. Homicide update arrest. On July 28, 2021, approximately 1.10 a.m., Winnipeg police responded to a report of an assault at the rear of a convenience store located at the 100, 100 block of Salter Street. Responding officers located two injured males, a 17-year-old and a male in his 30s. Both are transported to hospital for treatment. However, the 17-year-old succumbed to his injuries. The second male, uh, male's condition is listed as stable. The victim is identified as Andy Joseph McKay, 17 years old. Clayton Marciano, 39 years old, has been treated in hospital for injuries sustained in the incident and on July 30th was charged with second-degree murder. August 4th, media release. Also on July 28, 2021, just before 4 a.m., the Winnipeg Police Service responded to a report of an online food delivery driver who had been shot at while in his vehicle in the West End neighborhood. The delivery vehicle was driving away after delivering food to a resident near St. Matthews Avenue and Toronto Street. An unknown SUV occupied by a male driver and a female passenger blocked his exit on the road. The male suspect pointed a gun at the delivery driver, who quickly reversed and managed to escape. The suspect vehicle caught up and shot one round at the delivery driver, then drove off. Police located the 35-year-old male victim in the 700 block of Portage Avenue. His window had been shattered, causing him to be injured. He was transported to hospital in stable condition, and uh, no suspects have been arrested. On July 30th, approximately 9.15 a.m., the Winnipeg police responded to the uh, report of an injured, non-responsive male at a resident of the 400 block of Arlington Street. Officers located a male who had been stabbed and grievously injured and provided emergency first aid until paramedics arrived. The 31-year-old victim was transported to hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. The deceased has been identified as Tanner Daniel Kerr of Winnipeg. 
Winnipeg police are asking for the public's help in finding the man accused of the stabbing death of Daniel uh, Kerr, or sorry, Tanner Daniel Kerr. Um, Eric Jade Werfel is wanted for manslaughter in connection with the death of Kerr, um, Winnipeg police said last Friday. So anyone with information regarding the whereabouts of Werfel is asked to contact the homicide investigators or crime stoppers. Also on July 30th, 1.30 a.m., police respond to a shooting that had occurred at Dakota Community Center at 1188 Dakota Street. A 19-year-old male had been shot and had been taken to hospital by civilian associates. Um, two males were... Uh, the uh, victim is currently in stable condition and two male youths were arrested. Um, but investigators with the major crime units are now requiring the public's assistance in locating Carlin Dare, who is the subject of an arrest warrant also involving in the incident. So they are looking for uh, Dare, who is 19 years old, wanted in, involved in the shooting. The next day on July 31st, at approximately 4 a.m., two adult males began rummaging through a shopping cart belonging to a 52-year-old male, the victim, while in the 600 block of Sherbrooke Street. The victim, who was nearby, confronted the males, and a verbal exchange occurred, which escalated to a physical altercation between the three men. The victim was repeatedly punched and kicked and ultimately rendered unconscious, Several hours later, police were contacted and located the victim with life-threatening injuries and was transported to hospital in critical condition. The investigation continued and two suspects were arrested and detained in custody. The victim, identified as Peter Louis Bogaki, 52, of Winnipeg, on August 2nd, unfortunately, he did succumb to his injuries while in the hospital. Isaac Nichols Richard McKay, 19, of Winnipeg, was charged with second-degree murder, and Caden Seth Young, 22, of Winnipeg, was charged with manslaughter, and both are remained in custody. Also on July 31st, several adults were socializing together at a shared residence in the 400 block of Atlantic Avenue. Two of the residents became involved in a heated argument which escalated into a physical altercation, a 41-year-old male was assaulted and a suspect male fled the residence. Another resident later discovered the unresponsive, uh, unresponsive victim and contacted 911. On August 1st, approximately 3.30 a.m., emergency services located a deceased male who was transported to the hospital and police were notified. The deceased was identified as William Randall Sharp, 41, of Winnipeg and a subsequent medical examination determined his death was a homicide. On August 4th, Donnie Lavallee, 23, of Winnipeg, was charged with manslaughter. And on August 2nd, approximately 2.15 a.m., Winnipeg police responded to several reports of shots heard in the River Avenue and Osborne Street neighborhood. A female driver and a male passenger were driving near River Avenue and Bryce Street when two unknown male suspects, one armed with a shotgun, shot at their vehicle several times. Shotgun pellets struck the injured. Sorry, shotgun uh, pellets struck and injured the male passenger but missed the driver. The suspects were believed to have fled on bicycles. The 33-year-old victim was 
um, sent to the hospital where he was treated and subs- subsequently released, and police were notified. Officers located the scene where several parked vehicles also had sustained damage from the gunshots, and at the time, no arrests have been made. So, shots fired in the Osborne area. And finally, on August 7, approximately 3.30 p.m., Central District officers responded to the 100 block of Henry Street for the report of a male who had been stabbed. Police located a 60-year-old male with severe injuries and provided emergency first aid. He was transported to the hospital in critical condition where he succumbed to his injuries. The deceased has been identified as Owen Pruden of Winnipeg. The investigation is continued by members of the homicide unit and anyone with information is asked to call the homicide unit or Crime Stoppers. So, like a, another stabbing in Winnipeg. I believe that would be the 27th or 28th murder in Winnipeg alone. So, I know I said 26 early on, but um, I didn't record... The same night I wrote that down, so yeah, we could add another another couple murders to the tally. So, Winnipeg, we are going to smash last year's record. As a province, I believe we're going to smash last year's murder record. I believe at 44. Um, this is outrageous. But yeah, we're, we're mad at, um, you know, people walking around with no masks. Now, after reading to you some of the latest violent crimes that took place in Winnipeg, this, I'm going to play you a clip, it's like a two-minute clip of the news coverage that we do get in response to the growing crimes here in the city. And let me tell you, it's a fucking joke. First of all, besides the rare shooting that took place at the Dakota Community Center, South Winnipeg is not the problem. And this community watch, this whole news clip, takes place in South Winnipeg. And they're walking in the middle of a day, and they're walking down a walking path through the middle of a suburb in South Winnipeg. Two cops are walking the beat in the middle of the day in South Winnipeg. Like, it's a complete joke. They're not downtown, they're not in the West End, the North End, Central. It's just a ridiculous feel-good puff piece that accomplishes absolutely nothing. Um, the, the safety walk does nothing to address our actual issue, you know, our current violent crimes that I'm reporting on every show. And what I find funny is the complete contrast at how the media portrays certain stories. Like when they cover any of the rallies that are against the lockdowns or against the mandatory mask use, they play dramatic music or suspense, suspenseful music, and they show people yelling and screaming and they make it seem all chaotic, and they make regular law-abiding Manitobans seem like criminals, and they just try and scare you the whole time. Um, but when they cover this actual problem, like when they, when I, like you'll see when I, or you'll hear when I play you the clip, it's just all candy canes and rainbows. It's ridiculous. Uh, everyone's happy and our elected officials are, are walking the streets with our police and they're hard at work taking care of business and keeping us safe. I mean, it's a complete joke and everyone's all happy and cheerful. And uh, like I said, it's, it's just a complete contrast to how they cover any of the other like rallies that took place in Winnipeg. 
It's it's just a feel good ple- uh puff piece. Um and it just just skips over the actual problem. Like I'm reporting to you stabbings and shootings and murder and murder and murder. And this is the story that this is how they portray the crime in Winnipeg. I'll I'll play the the clip. Thank you again for coming to join us in this event as well. Residents in South Winnipeg were joined by elected officials and the Winnipeg police in what they deem as a crime prevention walk. Having implemented a neighborhood watch program, they look to continue to create safety protocols as well as a community environment. So we just thought when there were some things that were happening earlier this spring, um, we're outside anyway, walking our dog all the time, so we might as well just be part of the community watch. City Councilor Marcus Chambers says events like this are important for creating community strength. Crime has been rising throughout the city and here in the suburbs, uh, people are expressing concerns about break-ins to homes and garages and to vehicles. And it's something that they expressed to me that, uh, you know, how can we uh, work towards securing our neighborhoods? And, you know, in the days of uh, rising budgets, uh, police budgets, we have to look at innovative ways to keep those, those numbers down by getting citizens actively involved in protecting their own neighborhoods. The police were present to give advice to the residents and all Winnipeggers on how they can ensure safety in their neighborhoods. It's about uh, safety hardening your home so there's some physical things that uh, residents can do. A lot of it is on the Winnipeg Police website. Um, So lighting, solar lighting, so even if it's not battery operated they could flash if people are walking through your yard. There's the video cameras. Um, doorbells that people can utilize, um, trimming shrubs and bushes by your doors, locking windows. A lot of times with the heat, if you're in your backyard, make sure that your front door is locked. Getting to know trusted people within your community, it's really about building community. Uh, Just because that's what a community is. If you know your neighbours, if you can go outside and talk to your neighbours, it just becomes a little bit more of a large family rather than just people living in houses. In Winnipeg, Brianne Foley, City News. So Manitoba, what do you think our media should be covering? And what do you think Manitobans should be more outrageous about? No masks in Manitoba? Or the murders in Manitoba? Like, come on, what are you actually more scared of? Having a severe outcome from COVID, if you even get COVID, or having a severe outcome from walking downtown Winnipeg at night. You know what I mean? Or Central North End. Like, there's tons of areas. You guys tell me, Manitoba, what are you actually more scared of? But uh, I could tell you, like, I'm definitely more scared of getting caught slipping in a bad neighborhood at night than if I do get COVID having a severe outcome. But again, like I said, Manitoba, you guys tell me what are you guys more scared about? And what, like I said, what should the media be focusing on? But uh, before I end the show, I I do want to say a quick shout out to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who won their home opener against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They won 19-6. Even though I'm not happy with the two-class system and having to have had two doses of the vaccine in order to attend the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I'm holding out hope that once Rusin and Pallister get out of the way 
And once Manitoba Health moves to giving out health advice and not health restrictions, the Bombers will do the right thing and stop demanding Winnipeg fans to be vaccinated in order to attend. So I'm holding out hope for them to do the right thing. And I want to say a quick shout out to Winnipeg's Desiree Scott, who won gold against Sweden playing for Team Canada in women's soccer. So shout out to uh, Winnipeg's Olympic champion. But all right, Manitoba, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in to another show. I really do appreciate it. Like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show. I can't stress enough. Please share if you did enjoy this. It really does help. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MBFreeThinker. My email is MBFreeThinker at gmail.com. Facebook is Manitoba Freethinker. Same with YouTube. I don't usually upload all episodes to YouTube, um, but I'm on most podcast platforms. But if you can't find me, just go to the website, mbfreethinker.wordpress.com, and you can get all the past and latest episodes there. But like I said, Manitoba, thank you so much for tuning in to another show. I love you guys, and I will catch you in a few days. Bye. Bye.